Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And today we're going to talk about one of the real surprise hits of 2020 here. And 2020 has had no shortage of surprises. But what I'm talking about, as you can see on your screen with the little glob fellow here, is Among Us. This game that has taken the world by storm, that has become one of the most popular games on Twitch, on streaming. I've seen it discussed on all these various YouTube channels and Twitch streaming channels that I regularly follow and check out. And if you haven't seen this game, you probably aren't watching those channels, but basically it's a version of the thing. It's you've got some imposters, you're on a space station or you're on a space base, and you have to convince one or the other among your team that you're not the imposter, or if you're not the imposter, you have to suss that imposter out. And it's a good bit of fun. It's not that unusual. We've seen party games like this for a long, long time. We'll see references in some of the articles that we're going to look at to things like Mafia and Werewolf, which have had resurgences in various places as party games or as VR experiences. But for some reason, Among Us took off in this period. And that reason is primarily attributed to Twitch and to streaming in general. I've pulled up a Kotaku article now that is titled Among Us's Improbable Rise to the Top of Twitch, where they go over a little bit of the history here by starting out in pointing out that 400,000 concurrent viewers were watching Among Us in early September. And this was not, to put it lightly, as the article puts it, part of the plan. In fact, when it came to Twitch, there was no plan for Among Us, which came out in 2018 to a positive but muted response. That's right. Among Us is actually not a brand new release. You're not looking at something like Fall Guys that becomes immediately popular and has whatever kind of streaming contingent watching it that was watching it when it first released. It's more of something like a Sea of Thieves, but of course not backed by a company like Microsoft. This game has been out for a long time. And what do they attribute this kind of delayed birth to? They say, we're really bad at marketing. And that might be fair, but a lot of these things come as a bit of luck, right? We talk about this a lot in virtual legality, but there are a lot of great indie games out there. Visibility for those indie games is not always as great as the actual content or quality of the games themselves. And so you have to have a lot of luck when you go into one of these kind of indie game releases. In any case, Among Us puts personalities in the spotlight, and it allows big names to collaborate, drawing on each other's audiences in gargantuan multi-part streams. It is the ideal Twitch game it was not supposed to be. And yeah, if you watch one of these and you've got your favorite personalities that is playing this particular game, you can understand immediately why it's popular, because you do have this kind of deception element. You do have this kind of great instant reactions to getting killed and things like that. And it does make for an ideal party game experience. It's something that is fun to watch people that you already like play. But as we can see, that that wasn't always the case. They've got these quotes here that says it didn't release super well. So when we added online multiplayer at the end of the year, we did a Steam release by December of 2018, almost two years ago now. We started to pick up enough players that the game would stay alive 24-7, which was nice. We're a slow-growing company. We snowball our way to the top instead of spike and tail, like most Steam releases do. But where did the game's popularity with content creators begin? Not on Twitch, not in America, and not in 2020. It was found by someone in Korea. That helped us get popularity there. And then sometime in the middle of 2019, a YouTuber in Brazil played it, and their fan base picked it up. And it's just been kind of slowly growing from there. 
while various smaller and mid-sized streamers like the UK-based CAFE gave Among Us a shot over the course of 2019 and 2020. As this article puts it, it wasn't until longtime Twitch star Chance Soda Poppin' Morris began playing it in the middle of July that the game's fortunes truly began to change. I learned that he was told by Pluto, who works on the partnerships team at Twitch, said Willard, one of the folks behind Among Us, and I have this, like, genealogy worked out in my mind. I think Pluto learned about it from the Steam sale, and the Steam sale happened because of a daily deal, and then there's this whole chain of events. So then Soda Poppin pulled in XQC and Andy Milanakis and a bunch of other guys, and they just played it. Because Among Us is so personality-driven and group-oriented, it's pretty naturally bounced between multiple streamer clicks after that. It's interesting to watch it spread through communities, like Soda Poppin and XQC play it, and then they bring in one League of Legends streamer, and then suddenly a bunch of League of Legends streamers are playing, and it goes to Hearthstone, etc., etc. Among Us, in other words, spread like a virus, which I probably wouldn't have used as a metaphor here in 2020, but I think that's actually the point that he tries to bring up in this article. The point I wanted to bring up is this line in red. While Among Us's developers would not divulge raw numbers, they said that the game's Twitch popularity has led to 50 times more sales than any deal or event they've hosted in the past. In fact, if you go and you look at some of these Twitch charts, this is from a site called sullygnome.com, you can see exactly what any indie developer would love to have shown two years after release of their game. Right, it's basically a flat line, 37 peak viewers, 20 peak viewers, 308 peak viewers. And then you start getting into the end of September and it's like, uh, I think it's three quarters of a million peak viewers and 250,000 average viewers per game. And you see it coming down a little bit here in October and we'll see if it's a fad or it lasts forever. But a long time here is spent in the weeds, uh, in the Netherland and no man's land. And then you get into all of this great action for the company. 50 times sales, probably more than that when you start having these kinds of concurrent viewers. And and why does that happen? It, it happens because of Twitch streaming. It happens because this game is something that is popular among the fan bases that like to watch influencers and people and personality-driven content. And that happens really outside of the world of contract law, which is one of the reasons why I made this video and why you see the thumbnail listed is streaming among us illegal. Now, I've covered this topic before in virtual legality. I did a video, virtual legality number 177, where we talked about whether or not streaming was infringement in general. You can see the thumbnail here asks if all streams are infringement, and that isn't in fact the case because some developers and publishers can give rights to streaming to their various users and players, but most don't. And so I want to talk about how the Among Us contracts, because these guys are a small independent development company, and that's to their credit, they've delivered this blockbuster hit, but they didn't change any of the contract language in the various sources that they were using, Itch.io and Steam, and that creates a problem for users. Now, we've called that problem that folks like Among Us and Inner Sloth that makes that game allow copyright infringement and don't really care about it as largesse that they have these rights, they could bring down the hammer if they wanted to on various folks, but they don't, and that's essentially a kind of largesse that they issue to their users, but it's not really fair for the game players themselves because if they make a wrong step, if they say something against Inner Sloth or Among Us, that team could just turn around and say, well, that's copyright infringement and get into real trouble with Twitch. Now, in order to talk about this from a legal perspective, we are going to go over a few of the things that we've talked about in virtual legality before. The very first primary concept here is the notion of exclusive rights and copyrighted works. These are the rights that Innersloth has in their Among Us product because they made it. 
The owner of a copyright under this title has the exclusive right to reproduce the copyrighted work, to prepare derivative works, to distribute copies of the work, to perform the copyrighted work publicly, to display it, right? This is the bundle of rights that we talk about when you have a copyright owner. And when we talk about streaming, that's something like a derivative work plus a performance plus a display, right? And if you don't get these rights from Inner Sloth somehow, then to do these various things, to stream something on Facebook gaming or on Twitch or on YouTube gaming or wherever you're streaming it, is going to be on its face an infringement of their copyright. So you have to look and see whether or not they gave you the rights to do these things somewhere in the licensed material that they have put forth. Now, as we showed already, Among Us is available on a couple of places. Among Us by Inner Sloth is available on Itch.io and on Steam, which means we're going to have to go and we're going to have to look at these various sites and look if there's any end user license agreements and look for any extra terms of service. And I did all this before the video, and I can tell you that I didn't see any end user license agreements that pop up that are specific to Among Us. So they appear to be relying on the Itch.io terms of service and the Steam terms of service. I purchased Among Us just for purposes of this video, plugged it in, had to check a box that said I comply with the Steam subscriber agreement, but didn't otherwise have any other end user license agreement type issues when I put on the Among Us game. So it doesn't look like they are using any extra terms. So if we go and we look at the Itch.io Terms of Service, we can go and we can see exactly what you get as a user from Itch.io. And this is an actual agreement between Itch.io and the publisher, so Innersloth. And it says, publishers hereby grant the following by putting their stuff up on Itch.io. To the company, Itch.io, you give us all these rights to dis display it, to distribute it, to do all these things in connection with the service. When you sign up for us and you upload your game, you give us the rights to display it, to use it, to show it in our service. And then to users the end players, you and me, you give them a non-exclusive perpetual license to access the content and to use, reproduce, distribute, display, and perform such content as permitted through the functionality of the service. Users shall retain a license to this content even after the content is removed from the service. So you keep that license even if the game isn't available to be sold through Itch.io. But note what I've highlighted in blue here right? You get this right, and it sounds like you get all the things that you need, reproduce, distribute, display, and perform, but it's only as permitted through the functionality of the service. So if Itch.io isn't otherwise allowing you to display it, to stream it, to perform it, if you aren't doing it through Itch.io, you've potentially got a problem here. And Twitch is a separate service, and chances are you're operating your game if you're a popular streamer and you've got it on OBS or some other kind of service on your own computer. You're streaming it through that to Twitch, and that isn't specifically functionality of the service. So when you're talking about these kinds of things and you're making all these people money at Inner Sloth or otherwise, if you're a Twitch streamer, you have to think about these things and you have to say, okay, did I actually get the rights that I need? Now, Itch.io is closer, even though I don't necessarily think you get the rights, than Steam, right? Steam in their subscriber agreement doesn't give these rights at all. It says each subscription to a game allows you to access particular content and services. Some subscriptions may impose additional terms specific to that subscription, which we've called subscription terms in this document. So keep that in mind. But in general, all you are getting is the following. Valve hereby grants and you accept a non-exclusive license and right to use the content and services for your personal, non-commercial use, except where commercial use is expressly allowed herein or in the applicable subscription terms. And then the license ends upon termination of this agreement or a subscription 
that includes the license. So you've got this notion of subscription terms that can come in and save you. And we're going to talk about that in just a second. But overall, you only get a non-exclusive right to use the game on your computer for non-commercial uses. Now, the exception that you saw called out there, except as otherwise stated, is primarily Valve games. You can use Valve game content in fan art. You can do various things through their modding. Steam Workshop and Steam Subscription Marketplace, commercial use of some Valve game content is permitted, etc. Et but there isn't reference to the other developers' stuff. And that makes sense if you're Steam, right? Just like Itch.io, you are a platform for selling other people's stuff. You don't want to overgive their intellectual property rights because you want people to sell things through your storefront. And you've already provided for them the ability to accept or to grant a broader license through subscriber terms, through an end user license agreement. Because the baseline rule is as follows. All title, ownership rights, and intellectual property rights in and to the content and services, that's your game, and any and all copies thereof are owned by Valve, probably not in this case, and or its affiliates, licensors, Innersloth. All rights are reserved except as expressly stated herein. You see that line a lot, right? At the end of movies or whatever. What does that mean? It means that if we didn't specifically give you the right to do something with our copyright, then we have reserved that right to ourselves and you don't have that right. You may not use the content and services for any purpose other than the permitted access to Steam and your subscriptions and to make personal non-commercial use of your subscriptions, except as otherwise permitted by this agreement or applicable subscription terms. You may not, among other things, reproduce or distribute this stuff. You are entitled to use it for your own personal use, but you are not entitled to sell, grant a security interest in, or transfer reproductions of the content and services to other parties in any way, to host it otherwise, or to exploit the content and services or any of its parts for any commercial purpose, right? So you can see the broad Steam agreement. If you only entered into the Steam agreement is you can play it on your computer and you can do nothing else with it. So if you've got a copy of Among Us through Steam, then maybe you've got a problem streaming it at its baseline level. At its baseline level, you're probably infringing on Innersloss copyright. And no, when they make 50 times the sales, they aren't necessarily going to care about it. But they aren't the only party interested in these kinds of things. Now, it's worth noting that as Steam said, there are ways to change the Steam terms for your specific game. I've pulled up the Final Fantasy VII, not remake, uh, but the remastering of the original. And you can see here in this orange box that this requires agreement to a third-party end-user license agreement that Square Enix has put forth. And you can go and you can click on that. You can see what end-user license agreement they require as part of purchasing the game through Steam. And of course, this is Square Enix. So this doesn't help you. This actually says you are not permitted to broadcast or do anything uh, because Square is Square and they like to have these rights. And that's, that's all well and good. But you are afforded the opportunity if you are a developer like an inner sloth or like anybody else that wants to have this 50 times sales thing happen on Twitch or another streaming service to actually have an end user license agreement that says, okay, regardless of what Steam says, we can give you more rights. And right outside of Steam, you see this pretty often. I've pulled up now the League of Legends terms of service, the limited license, where it says you get a license to the game for individual non-commercial entertainment purposes only. You can't create any work of authorship based on the game content, except as expressly permitted by us. For more info about what fan uses we currently permit, please read our legal jibber-jabber policy. That's what we call it officially. And so we go to that legal jibber-jabber policy, and we see 
that they permit individual players to promote their projects on websites, streams, or videos and passively generate revenue through appropriate advertisements and to solicit personal donations or offer subscription-based content while live streaming our games. They have all of these specific express permissions. So you aren't infringing their copyright when you do the things that they have expressly permitted. So if I'm Innersloth or I'm another independent developer that's looking at these kinds of questions, I would be invested in trying to make sure that I have at least a one-page document that says, by the way, streaming is okay with us. Because in otherwise, you're putting these streamers in a difficult position. Because why? When we go and we look at something like the Twitch Terms of Service, which is totally normal on this question. I know a number of you come in, we've talked about Twitch's terms and their community guidelines very recently, as a matter of fact, and some of the ambiguities and problems that are present therein. What we're about to talk about is very, very normal. Twitch has this service. They allow you to stream video games on it. And one of the things that they require you to say is that you are allowed to do that, right? We've pulled up section eight. It says Twitch allows you to distribute streaming live and pre-recorded audiovisual works, right? We call these things user content. Unless otherwise agreed to in a written agreement between you and Twitch that was signed by an authorized representative of Twitch, unless you have a signed document that overcomes these terms of service, if you submit, transmit, display, perform, post, or store user content using our service, our platform, you grant Twitch and our sub-licensees an unrestricted, worldwide, irrevocable, all these legal terms, right, to use, reproduce, modify, adapt, publish, translate, create derivative works from, distribute, perform, and display such user content and redistributing part or all of the Twitch services in any form. So first of all, yep, this is pretty broad. If you stream anything on Twitch, then they can take a screenshot of it and make a t-shirt out of it. They can do these various things with the rights that they have under their terms of service. But most importantly, you have to have the right in the first place to give it to them, which is why they have this section. You are solely responsible for your user content and the consequences of posting or publishing it. You represent and warrant that. You promise to us that you have sufficient rights and authority to grant the rights granted herein, right? Which is not great legal drafting, but what they're trying to get at is that you have the rights to give us this. And if you don't have the rights to give us this, then we've got a problem, right? Because maybe we want to make a t-shirt out of something you did in Among Us, but now maybe Innersloth doesn't want to allow Twitch and Amazon to sell t-shirts of a screenshot of Among Us, and you promised us you had the rights, and now we got three parties that are maybe a little bit upset at each other. You also promised us that your user content does not and will not infringe, violate, or misappropriate any third-party right, including any copyright, trademark, patent, trade secret, moral right, privacy right, right of publicity, or any other intellectual property or proprietary right, right? Which is a long way of saying you aren't infringing on somebody else's intellectual property, and Twitch reserves all rights and remedies against users who breach this, right? Twitch thought it had the rights. You didn't have the right rights to get them to us, and now we've got a problem. Because, you know, who trusts these big companies in their terms of service? Twitch can change them at any time. So can Steam. I don't know Itch.io that well, but they could change their terms of service as well. And so now what you've done, and this isn't something that Innersloth has intended. They're just using the default agreements at Itch.io and Steam. And that makes a lot of sense. But what they have done is that they have put these streamers on Twitch and elsewise in a difficult position, because if they say anything bad, if they say something that somebody doesn't like on any of these services, if they otherwise get in trouble in some fashion, then sure, Inner Sloth, but maybe also their partners in some respects, Steam and Itch.io, and maybe even Twitch, can come down hard on those streamers because at a default level, this is infringement, 
right? The Steam distribution agreement, the Steam subscriber agreement doesn't give you the right to stream it. Itch.io might if you're using some kind of Itch.io button to stream, but if you aren't using that, then they probably didn't give you the right to do it through Itch.io. And while Innersloth doesn't care because they're making money, these are the kinds of things that if you are a developer, you should be thinking about. And so I wanted to make this video because I've enjoyed streams of Among Us. I think it's great that a small company like Innersloth has really made it big with a game that they released two years ago and didn't think they were going to feed their families with and have now proven to be a massive, massive success in this most difficult of years. And I think that's fantastic. But one of the reasons that virtual legality exists is for transparency, to talk through how these things all work together, to talk through the fact that Innersloth, through the Steam subscriber agreement, has reserved all of the rights that it doesn't expressly give, and it never gave expressly the right to stream through that subscriber agreement, which creates problems in and of themselves. So all I would ask is if you like this video, if you watch this, if you know people that are streaming among us that are otherwise enjoying it, that you tell people about these kinds of conversations. Because I would love to see more of these developers, more publishers in general, actually go out and say, now that we're in 2020, now that video game streaming is such a big part of all of our lives, that this is allowed, and also maybe give some contours that this, X, Y, or Z, is not allowed. Because right now, living at the largesse of a publisher or a platform or elsewise is not any way that any of these streamers should seek to live. And as we've talked about in the Dr. Disrespect series, people have their own problems just with ambiguity in how these platforms treat their own terms of service. And if you can go and you can claim somebody infringed on something, that's going to create even more power and leverage points for these platforms, right? Dr. Disrespect, as an example, probably didn't have streaming rights for each and everything that he ever streamed just by nature of the way these contracts work. Would that be the kind of thing that could be used to terminate an exclusivity agreement? I don't think it would be a good argument, but it is an argument. And these are the kinds of things that really everybody in the video game industry, now that we move further and further and further into our new streaming normal, should be taking into account. So the very short way of answering the thumbnail question, is streaming among us illegal? Probably, technically. Does Inner Sloth care? No, certainly not right now. But is that fair for streamers? No, no, it isn't. This has been Virtual Legality for today. If you enjoyed this video, please like, share, subscribe. Tell folks that we are here. We are having these conversations all the time. As I just mentioned, we've talked about Dr. Disrespect and his situation with Twitch extensively. We've talked about Apple versus Epic and all those things as well. So please do tell people that we are here. If you caught this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you listen to it as a podcast, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel.